I've seen a lot of companies go up, come down, be successful because of marketing. At the end of the day, I think product is king, always. There's probably 50 to 100 of our community members who have Lokai tattoos. Lokai is definitely a brand where people have gotten very emotional about it and I've cried reading stories. Living our own message and learning to find balance through the highs and the lows of business and separating that from personal. Welcome to the Worthy for 30 podcast. I am your host, Eric Tash. Join us as we delve into the world of impactful business leaders who are setting the bar high. Worthy for 30 carefully curates its guests, engaging with business trailblazers who embody the ethos of doing good while doing well. In each episode, we extract actionable tips and wisdom from these visionaries, offering you a blueprint to merge success with social impact. Ready to elevate your business game? Let's dive in and learn how to do good while thriving. Worthy for 30, where purpose meets profit. Welcome to the Worthy for 30 podcast. I am your host, uh, Eric Tash, and I am thrilled to have Stephen Eisen, the CEO and founder of Loci, joining us today. First, a heartfelt thank you to our mutual friend, Corey Capasso, for the introduction and a huge congratulations uh, to Corey on his recent nuptials. At Loci, uh, Stephen drew inspiration from the Hawaiian term, Loci signifying a harmonious blend of opposites through infusing elements from Mount Everest and the Dead Sea into their products. Loci encourages wearers to seek balance amidst the life's peaks and valleys, fostering humility and highs and hopefulness in lows. With a uh, commitment to giving back, Loci donates 10% of its net profits to charitable causes, having already uh, contributed $8 million to various initiatives which is uh, incredible. Steven's personal journey rooted in his grandfather's uh, Alzheimer's diagnosis uh, led him to create Loci, aiming to provide a tangible reminder uh, for individuals to navigate life's contrasts with grace. Uh, today, we delve into the story behind Loci's inception, its impact, and Steven's insights as an entrepreneur. So Steven, welcome to the show. Great for Eric, you to thanks have. so much for having me. Absolutely. So let, let's dive in. So can you just give us some background? I, I mentioned uh, your grandfather's Alzheimer's diagnosis. What year was that? And then from there, how did the, you know, what was that journey from that point to founding Loci? Yeah, so you kind of touched on it, but about 13 years ago, uh, my grandfather was diagnosed with Alzheimer's disease and um, I was 19 at the time. And it, I was very close to him growing up. And so for me, that was the lowest point of my life uh, at that time. And uh, I was really just thinking about the highs and lows that I was going through and how everybody goes through highs and lows in life. It doesn't matter your age, demographic, income level. We all have them. And so I was thinking, and I'd always been very entrepreneurial. Uh, as a kid, I was lemonade stands. I had a custom wood pen company in high school, I was always doing stuff and so and coming up with ideas. And so I was like, okay, well, highs and lows, what are the highest and lowest points on earth, Mount Everest and the Dead Sea? What if I took elements from those two places and incorporated them into a product that people could wear every day as a reminder to find balance in life, uh, staying humble when you're on top of the world and hopeful when you fit a low. And, you know, I told that idea to my dad. And he said, that's a great idea, but everyone has great ideas. Now go execute it. That's the hard part. And I was kind of up for a challenge and a bit naive as a 19-year-old. And so 
I just took it day, day at a time. And I worked on Lokai for three years while I was in college. And then I officially launched the company in June of 2013 when I graduated. Uh, so didn't have a job after school, just jumped right into being an entrepreneur and carrying my display store to store uh, and trying to spread awareness for the brand. Excellent. And you, you talk about you know, your father, you mentioned execution and you know, a great execution separates, you know, the doers from the dreamers. You went to Cornell University. Uh, you're a student athlete, correct? Uh, I saw that you were uh, you ran track. Yeah, that's correct. Okay, so how did the how did those experiences you know help prepare you for for entrepreneurship? Because was your was your major like did you major in business in college or um, did you always have again you, you mentioned the lemonade stand, but you just always had in the back of your mind that you wanted to start a business upon graduation? Yeah, I was always very entrepreneurial. I was um, in the business school and. Um, majored in entrepreneurship and marketing. So it was definite, definitely a, a career path I knew I was going to take. And I would say being an athlete, being a student, starting a business, I think really early on taught me about time management and uh, where to and not to spend my time and do what is important and move on to other things. So you're talking about an important, again, I, I like this, this whole point of execution because, you know, the entrepreneurs or founders, both the aspirational and the existing who who listen to our show, uh, what are some of the tips that you would give to both that aspirational entrepreneur and to that existing entrepreneur when it comes to executing an, an idea or vision? I mean, it's kind of like the naive, uh, the quote, but it's like people overestimate how much they can get done in a year and underestimate how much they can get done in 10 years. It is a long road being an entrepreneur. And uh, I always say entrepreneurship is like a career. It is not a job. Uh, and so I really look long term and what, what that ends up doing is makes my day to day very sustainable, right? So for me, there are rarely fires going on within the business where I'm up late at night working, right? Like I shut it down at a reasonable time, wake up the next day and start again. I think if you, if you go too hard, like, oh, I'm going to work till three at night every single day, wake up early, start again, you're going to burn yourself out. And so I think building a sustainable plan that you can do what you do for the long run uh, is how you really build value and success. Yes, it's not a it's not a it's a job. It's a it's a career. It's a it's a marathon. It's not a sprint going towards the uh, or talking about the ethos about the the highs of life and, and be, you know being uh, humble and then being hopeful in the lows. How do you practice that? How do you exude that that ethos that that Lokai professes through its products? Great question. No one's actually asked me that before. Um, well, one of the things that's become one of the most important parts of my life and my career is I'm I'm on the national board of the Make a Wish Foundation. So, from a time standpoint, um, I, I like to give back. I find that that gives me a ton of perspective of the problems and issues that I go through in my life when I see these children with critical illnesses and what they have to deal with on a daily basis. So uh, I'd say that puts life into perspective a lot. Gotcha. And, and you're, you're on the, the national board of the Make-A-Wish. 10% of, of uh, Lokai's net profits go to charities. What are some of the charities that that money has gone to? Just to give us an idea. We have about 20 different nonprofit organizations that we work with. Everyone from the Alzheimer's Association, uh, Breast Cancer Research Foundation, Make-A-Wish Foundation, NAMI, which is the largest mental health 
uh, nonprofit organization. And then we also will give to things like the Hawaii uh, Foundation when there was the disaster in Hawaii, or we've done uh, an expedition on Everest where we cleaned up trash and uh, bodies that were left on the on the mountain. And yeah, we'll do some kind of really cool, fun initiatives, but the majority of the uh, donations go to our 15, 20 nonprofit partners. And to the nonprofit leaders, you know, again, uh, the show, as you know, as, as I've given you context, is all about talking to business leaders who are doing good while doing well. So I've had some nonprofit leaders on the show. How does that nonprofit or that nonprofit leader say, hey, Stephen, I'd love for you to look at my nonprofit and its mission. And perhaps we could be part of those, you know, 15, 20, 25 nonprofits that Lokai gives some of that money to. How do, how do they, how do, what's that evaluation process or vetting process? We kind of start with the, the cause, right? And, and understand what our consumers are asking for. And then we look for the charity within that cause that has the biggest impact with the dollars that we're donating directly tied to whatever the mission is. So Breast Cancer Research Foundation was an important choice for us because 100% of our donation goes right to research. Um, not marketing, not employee expenses, it goes directly to research. And so, um, yeah, we try to look for charities that are very efficient with the dollars that we donate. And that data, like understanding what your consumer wants. So I imagine you know, there's a data analytics layer to the Loci website where you're able to understand, or are you surveying the consumers who are buying your products through your website to understand what causes are near and dear to them? Yeah, I mean, now over 10 years into the business, I think we have a pretty good handle on on what causes people care about. Uh, obviously, when there's a disaster and something comes up, we hear from our community through social media, email. I would say predominantly, it's just listening through social media on what people care about. And yeah, we survey our customers as well. Gotcha. And, and in terms of the products, so so Lokai, you have that, the bracelets. What are some of the other products? You know, if a consumer goes to the Lokai website, and again, I'm going to include a link to the Lokai website as part of, uh, you know, the publishing this episode. What other products can they find? Yeah, so this year we just launched a totally new category for us, which is uh, silicone rings. Um, we believe that uh, to find balance in life, you really have to be active as well outdoors, make sure you, your health and wellness and fitness is strong. And so um, kind of a, a silicone wedding band is an alternative to a metal one for active people. Um, and we launched that about a month and a half ago, and it's gone incredibly well. Gotcha. And then looking forward to 2024, any other products on the roadmap that you know, you're able to discuss or disclose? Not really. I mean, we we make a lot of different styles of the kind of iconic loci bracelet for different uh, initiatives. But um, yeah, we right now as a brand are really focused on marketing uh, and sales. Uh, product is kind of where it needs to be. Uh, we just need to reach more people. And reaching more people, that's through through social media, through word of mouth. Like, yeah, just love to understand like where consumers finding out about Loci. It's definitely a mix between working with uh, partners, whether they're athletes, influencers, celebrities that uh, can can speak to their community in an authentic way. It's through performance marketing, which is Facebook ads, uh, Instagram ads, um, and and organic social media. Got it. Because it's funny, you know, I know I'm wearing a Texas hat, but I'm an, a proud IU grad. I was just in Austin, Texas. So I had to, of course, you know, when you're when in Rome, you know, buy the hat. Um, but I was going on 
uh, the Lokai website and I'm looking at bracelets and I see Florida, I see Penn State, I see Michigan, no Indiana. So who do I need to talk to at Indiana, Stephen, for for there to be an Indiana branded uh, Lokai bracelet? You know, that's that's funny. Um, so we actually had over 115 colleges at one point. IU might have been one of them. Uh, and we cut that back uh, to really the top 15 schools about a year ago. And that's just really the 80-20 rule. There mm-hmm. were about 80% of our sales were from... 20% of the schools. And so, sure. Uh, yeah. Inventory management's an important part of uh, being successful. And so, oh, of course. And by the way, we cut Cornell, which is my school. So, I was going to say, yeah, yeah, I didn't so, see Cornell. Yeah. So I got hit as well. <laughs> well, you know, you, you hit on something, you know, for the, for the brand management folks who are listening as well, you know, skew, skew rationalization, you know, what, what percentage of your sales are actually being attributed to that specific product and is it worth, you know, to your point, worth the the time and effort to produce it if no one's buying it. Um, going back for a second, you mentioned influencers, you mentioned creators um, who are helping evangelize and talk about and drive awareness around the Lokai brand. Can you give us some semblance? I did see a, I did see a picture of you and Cam Newton. Any other athletes that are wearing Lokai products and love to understand like how do they exude again that ethos of of being humble in the high and hopeful in the lows. Yeah, you know, our philosophy has always been organic is so much better. Um, and so we do a lot of seating. Uh, so we'll we'll gift product to every locker room before the season. Um, and yeah, you know, if you watch Sunday football, you'll probably see a few low guys on guys. And it's just that's that's totally organic just from seating and gifting and then word of mouth, right? They'll be wearing it in the locker room and guys will be like, where'd you get that? And then we'll get hit up on social media, say, hey, can we get a package of some product? And so most of it is very organic. That's super interesting. Cause you know, I imagine, you know, now, you know, in the social media age, and you mentioned, you know, mental health is one of the, you know, causes that Lokai donates, again, that that 10% of net profits to, you know, seeing, you know, someone or seeing an athlete um, that you look up to or aspire to, you know, perhaps have that that sense of relatability. You know, they're talking about you know mental health issue. Just using that as, as an example, mm-hmm. and they're wearing a low cut product. You know, and I imagine that resonates really well to, to what you're saying about organic to that consumer saying, okay, this athlete's going through this. You know, they're using they're wearing this low cut bracelet to to symbolize you know that that uh, humble in the highs and hopeful in the lows. You know, to maintain that balance. You know, throughout their journey. So I think that's 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 great. You know, because. You also touched upon product. You can put as much money, I imagine you would agree with this, you can spend as much money behind a so-so product, but that's not really going to move or that's not really going to make the brand. What's going to make the brand is for you to have an, ex- an exceptional product that no one else can perhaps make. Uh, and it's going to market and sell itself because of what you're saying about that word of mouth. You know, if someone sees it, you know, an athlete and like, wait a minute, you know, can we get one? I imagine you have some examples of just making, you're just focusing on the product. First, before you start spending money on marketing. Absolutely. You know, I think I've seen a lot of companies go up, come down, be successful because of marketing. At the end of the day, I think product is king always. And is the product something that people are organically wearing and talking about and telling others about? And does it, does it improve your life? And uh, you need all the other pieces to be successful. But if you don't have a great product, you won't 
be able to survive forever. It's funny, I, I think on LinkedIn, I think one of the founders of uh, Liquid Death was talking about, we're just water in a can, but we, we made it distinct, we made it cool. Uh, we also made it environmentally friendly. So yes, you can get the same water, perhaps cheaper in a plastic bottle or paper, uh, but it doesn't have that, that cool factor, that cachet that you would get with a Liquid Death product, which I thought was you know incredibly interesting. Because again, their, their focus was just building on the brand um, to distinguish itself. Because again, it's just a uh, it's just water in a can. So I think yes, yeah. fo- focusing on the product. In terms of those, you know, do you have any specific consumer verbatims about you know consumers you're talking about, you know, thanking you, being very effusive in their appreciation for Loki? Again, it's, it's all about that balance. We'd love to hear you know what what consumers are saying in real time about you know the products that they're purchasing. Sure. Yeah, there's probably 50 to 100 of our community members who have Lokai tattoos. Um, Lokai is definitely a brand where people have gotten very emotional about it. And I've, I've cried reading stories uh, and what people have gone through, whether it's um, going through chemotherapy and cancer or um, being gifted the Lokais by a friend who had passed away. Um, all, all different stories about how Lokais help people through some of the toughest and darkest times of their life is just a simple reminder every day to, to keep hopeful. You know, I think one, one of the things that's important to us as a brand is not overpromising. Uh, we never say we're going to physically balance you. It's always just about that daily reminder. And um, it means a lot to people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. 50 to 100 people. And they're writing to you. They're saying, hey, Lokai team, you know, this is my uh, picture of my my Lokai tattoo. Like, like oh yeah, they're they're all over social media. Yeah. Oh wow, that's that's and and I imagine when he started this, you know, in 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 twenty thirteen, did you did you ever imagine that it would get to this point where you know, these consumers are so not zealous, but they're they're so proud of being a Lokai consumer? That's been incredibly humbling. Mm-hmm. But how much love we've got from our community. Yeah. Again, it, it was total coincidental that I m- mentioned Liquid Death because there are some Liquid Death consumers who've gotten the Liquid Death logo or, or uh, I think logo on their on their bodies for free Liquid Death for life, and it's just amazing. Again, if you have a great product uh, that means so much to a consumer, um, they're going to show it and they're going to talk about it. You know, one of my favorite quotes, Stephen, from Steve Jobs is, and I've, I've posed this to other guests, is that you can't connect the dots looking forward. Can only connect them looking backwards. You know, you mentioned um, you know the, the inception or the idea of the of the company. You know, when your, your grandfather was diagnosed with Alzheimer's, and then you spoke to your dad about you want to start a business um, again to help and to give back. What other dots, if you look back now over the past ten years, can you point to that that helped you get to where you are today? I would say just taking it day by day and really living our message of staying humble and hopeful. We've had some incredible years. We've had some really tough years. It's been a roller coaster of a ride, and uh, it's always important to like find your balance, even even in business. You know, it's make, making sure. I think for me, not to let the emotions of the work, my work life, affect my personal life. Um, because if things are good one day, I'm going to be super happy, and if things are bad, like then I'll be uh, depressed and sad and upset, uh, and having that affect my relationship with my wife and my kids is just not sustainable. Um, And so I think living our own message and learning to find balance through the highs and the lows of business and separating that from personal um, would be a huge learning and 
I don't know if that fully answers your question about connecting the dots, but something that's gotten me to still be running the company and excited about the company 13 years after coming up with the idea. It definitely answers the question because it's, you you look back and you're like, you know, early on, you know, I need to compartmentalize my business life or my personal life because you understand, you know, being an entrepreneur, there are very high highs and very low lows. And you just want to maintain, you know, maintain again, the ethos of, of balance. And you mentioned um, or alluded to core values. Um, and before we, you and I started the recording, you know, I asked you a question about, you know, how many employees you have, you mentioned 10 full time, and you have about, you know, an ex- agencies that number in the uh, in 20. Is it safe to say that those 30 or so people that work alongside you on a daily basis share that same mission, same core values that you hold so near and dear? And is that what you look for as you are looking to bring on new people to the team? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we want people that uh, live our brand and live our message. And uh, one of the things that we've done uh, and implemented as a company is Balance Fridays. So uh, people kind of sign off on work midday on Friday to really give you that Friday afternoon to um, do catch up on errands, do things with your family, whatever you might need to do to, to get done. And so... Uh, we definitely, as a company, try to live our own mission. Yeah, no, absolutely. And if you talk about balance, you know, to the consumer, you want to make sure you're living those uh, those values. Um, yeah, because you know, it's, it's funny. You go on on LinkedIn, you go on social media. Again, you see these um, these posts about you know having free coffee or having a ping pong table doesn't really build culture. You know, building culture is really understanding. You know who that person is, you know, outside and inside of the office, you know, understanding them as a human being. So it's great to hear that, you know, you really pride, uh, of course, yourself on the mission to the consumer, but for the people who are working internally, you know, making sure they uh, evoke those same values and share those same values and mission. So I imagine, you know, that, you know, the, the term uh, authentic is overused, but here I think it's incredibly relevant because you want to have that level of authenticity to exude all parts of the business. Because consumers, again, you correct me if I'm wrong, consumers can pick up on inauthenticity very easily. Absolutely. Yeah, they can, you know, they, they're like, no, uh, you know, they say they're, they're doing good. They say they're giving back. But are they really, you know, once consumers start questioning the, the purpose or the, or the mission of a, of a particular brand, then I think then, then it's like a stall point for that business. In that realm, are there any like past business examples or brand examples that you've come across where a brand says they're they're doing all these great things, but in actuality, they're not? No, I can't think of an example of that. Um, but I would say for us, we've always prided transparency. So not only do we say we're giving back, but then we really try to show it. Uh, we really try to show it with content about kind of the researchers we work with and interviews with them or the kids we've affected or the number of wells we've built or trees we planted um, and really, yeah, just be transparent across our giving. You're donating again, 10% of that profits. And once those those proceeds are donated, just so I understand clearly, you are outwardly communicating to the loci consumer and the people who are following you, like, this is where you're, that money has gone. And this is the impact that it's making. On, yeah, absolutely. On, uh, that's amazing. So like, for instance, like for Make-A-Wish, Right. Some of those, again, some of those proceeds, you know, for the net profits go to, to make a wish. There are specific 
um, stories that you're, you're, you're sharing? And are those just limited to social media and email or do they make it to like mass media, uh, on, in terms of impact? Mainly just email, social, and our website. Gotcha. That's amazing. Cause it, it's funny. Like I, uh, support Cycle for Survival, which is in partnership with Morris Stone Kettering. It raises money for rare cancer research. And what's amazing is that every year, you know, when it raises, you know, 20, 30, 40 million dollars, they break down, you know, for everyone who's contributed, you know, where that money has gone, you know, in terms of the actual research, the clinical trials, um, the impact that it's having on rare care, rare cancer patients, uh, which is, which is amazing. Cause again, it goes back to that whole point of authenticity. You know, in order to be authentic, you need to be transparent. If you say you're going to do something, consumers want to see or the supporters want to see that you're following through on your promise. Cause if you're not, again, then it's, then the, the again the, the consumer whomever uh, is supporting your cause is being turned off. The other question with regards to purpose and mission, you know, when you were starting uh, Loci at its at inception, was it okay? I want I want to give back, and then over time it was I want to give us a certain percentage of net profits. Like I would love to understand the thought process of day one. Okay, I want to you know of course uh, create a for profit business. I want to give back. But then from giving back, like, how did you make that decision to say, okay, 10% of net profits are going to go to causes? I definitely knew that giving back was a critical part of our brand and our business from day one, especially because of my grandfather's Alzheimer's diagnosis. Uh, And actually, from day one, we started with 10% of net profits. So uh, I think we nailed it right on the head from day one, and we haven't changed since. That is amazing that like on day one, because usually... Um, you know, brands, you know, they want to give back, but it's, it's, it's more amorphous. It's like, okay, how do we do this? Um, maybe we'll pick a charity and we'll put some names in a hat. We'll pick one out, you know, we'll again, arbitrarily select, you know, a dollar amount and we'll just donate it. I think from what you're saying or from what I'm hearing is that it was much more methodical, much more, you know, understanding, you know, that again, day one, you want to give back and you have 10% based on those calculations, you know, or for the business. Uh, and then, of course, over time, selecting which causes those dollars go to, which is tremendous. And then in terms of consumers or the people who are listening to us who want to learn more about Loci, where can they go to find out more? I know I'm, of course, going to list the website, but what other places uh, in consumers or the people who are listening find you? Yeah, I'd say the best places are our website at loci.com, uh, as well as our social media, which is at loci. Gotcha. And that's, uh, you guys are active on, I know on Instagram, anywhere else that you're, you're active yeah, on? We're, we're on all the major social platforms. Gotcha. Gotcha. And then for the, the, the people who want to, you know, who may have questions for you, Stephen, where can they contact you or how can they contact you? Yeah. The best way to get in touch with me is just at Stephen Eisen on Instagram. Shoot mm-hmm. me a DM. I'll respond. Uh, excellent, excellent. I mentioned the aspiring founder and entrepreneur for the consumer who's you know in the market for you know a, a bracelet. What would you want to get across to them? It is distinct in terms. Again, it's all around balance of the highs and the lows. What would you want to get across to them on why they should choose a loci bracelet versus uh, something else? Yeah, I think it's uh, loci is about what it stands for, not the bracelet itself. So I think uh, anyone who's looking to uh, be more balanced in their life, make a change and needs a daily reminder. Loka is an amazing version of that for them. Having that, that, that sense of uh, introspection and reflection. Cause I imagine, you know, people, you know, do this with their Apple watch, like, Oh, did yeah. I get a text message? I imagine that's like an, an instinct when you're wearing a low bracelet. Like, again, if you're going through a, 
again, you, high or low, when you're looking at this, it's just like, as a reminder to anchor, to anchor you. And when it comes to anchor, of course, you know, the loci bracelet's a great anchor, it's a great reminder. Are there any other anchors that, that keep you grounded, Stephen, as you continue to build this business? Absolutely. My family, mm-hmm. I, my wife, my two sons. I think when, once you have kids, your perspective on life changes a lot. And the kids really do that for me. Gotcha. And how old are, how old are you? You said two sons? Yeah, I have a four and a half year old and a three year old. Wow. Wow. Yeah. That's, uh, you got your hands full. That's, uh, right. that's great. No, I have a, I have a seven year old daughter and a, and a three year old son. Um, and my three year old son, I, I imagine you, you can attest to this, likes to, uh, use his body as a torpedo, um, yeah. <laughs> any chance he can get, uh, jumping off the things. Uh, but it's great. You know, again, it's, it's, it's amazing how kids can help refine and reshape your perspective. I am, and I, again, I imagine, you know, before kids, you know, again, you had this very altruistic outlook on life on how can I be selfless? How can I be a servant leader? And I think, you know, having the, having kids, of course, you know, helps that. Uh, because again, you're setting the, they're seeing what you're doing and you're setting an example for them. And you want to make sure that the example you set for them is, of course, compelling, but it's the, the example you want to set. Absolutely. Excellent. Well, Stephen, it's um, it's it's been great speaking with you this afternoon. Any parting wisdom for any of the listeners with regards to your experience, you know, building Loci to where it's now? Yeah, I think you just have to have a long-term vision of what you're going to build and really be passionate about it. You know, I think it takes a long time, and it's definitely not the easiest way to make money being an entrepreneur. And so, I think you have to love what you do to truly be successful. You got to love what you do. You got to be passionate about what it is that, that you're doing. Again, it's not a it's not a job. It's, you know, it's a career. It's you start one business, you exit that business. It's not like you, it's not a switch that you turn on and turn off. It sounds like being an entrepreneur, which is great. You know, again, you're, you're constantly thinking about ideas uh, on how to, you know, of course, build this uh, existing business uh, to even greater heights. Um, Steven, again, great having you on the show. Really appreciate your perspective on Loci, on business, on life. I think uh, the listeners are going to take away a lot of actionable insights, especially those who are thinking about starting a business and the ones who are building uh, a business, you know, can definitely take away some, some real good nuggets uh, from this conversation. I'm going to include the Loci website, where to find Loci on social media, as well as Steven's Instagram handle. So if you have any questions, you know, please, you know, as Steven said, reach out to him via direct message. Eric, I really appreciate it. Thank you for joining this episode of the Worthy for 30 podcast. Stay tuned for more insights from impactful business leaders. Don't miss out. Follow us on all podcast platforms to catch every conversation.